Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. everyone and welcome to another week of Community Zone here on 106.1 FM Wellington Access Radio. My name is Simon Howard and coming up we have a packed hour uh, coming your way. Very excited for this. Um, Lots, lots for us to cover and uh, we will start tonight uh, with Tom Sainsbury. His Snapchat Dude Live reaches the Wellington Opera House tomorrow. Uh, He's going on tour all around the country. Uh, Very, very excited for that. Uh, A little bit later, Loughton Cora joins us. He's going to be discussing the Beatles. All you need is love that they're doing with Annie Crummer, Orchestra Wellington and a stonking rhythm section. Uh, Also coming up uh, tonight, we're going to be talking to the the cast um, of Cringe Worthy. Devon Neiman and um, Andrea Sanders will be joining me just a 15 minutes time for that. That's on at Circa this week and next. We're also going to be talking about Into the Light, which is the Performance Arcade's big, free, interactive public art display uh, over on Oriental Bay on the Carter Fountain. But first, here on Access Radio, let's get things started tonight with the one and only Tom Sainsbury. Now, comedian Tom Sainsbury, Snapchat Dude Live, is about to embark on a nationwide tour that includes dates here in Ponicky, as well as up in Kapiti later this week. Tom will be at the Opera House on Tuesday night, bringing to life all the characters and segments for which he's grown a huge online following. Now, Tom was last seen on stages in Wellington at Bats last August, uh, when Gaze in Space toured down from Auckland, and Tom joins me now. Tom, welcome to Access Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, first of all, uh, Gaze in Space yeah. down at Bats, that was such a high-energy, big musical extravaganza. How much fun did you have bringing that down to, to Wellington? Because that was just before we went into lockdown, right? That's right, yeah. Um, for, well, for me, so Gaze in Space just follows like four gay astronauts as they go, they travel into space, into Uranus, of course, to go and <laughs> colonise that, of course. And... Um, I mean, they have to carry the show. I'm just like, it was a dream gig for me because I just come on as two different aliens. I kind of come on as the bot, big boss. I've got all these kind of, and I come on as like a music producer. It's just a dream of all these different characters. I can come on, get a few laughs and then go off stage again. So for me, it was it was wonderful. I think the other actors had to work a bit harder. <laughs> I do remember you coming down and the co- stairs. And, a, and an asteroid as well. I came on as an asteroid. That was everyone's favourite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember you coming down the stairs at Bats and just having a whale of a time, I could tell. Uh, <laughs> you've been involved in... Yeah, yeah. You've been involved in theatre for, for a long time now, right? Writing, directing, starring in shows. When did this Snapchat Dude live concept come around? Um, like the actual live show that we're doing? Yeah. It's, yeah. The, the producer kind of approached me a couple of years ago, maybe it was even before the COVID. Um, he sent me a message saying, hey... Um, let's, I'm in Auckland, let's have a coffee and let's talk about it. So he's done lots of shows, all, he's um, done successful shows all over the kind of country, especially to the regions. And I've always wanted, because I've, I've only really performed Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, and he's got access to Invercargill and Oumaru, like the great venues there and stuff. I was like, yes, I want to do this. So he kind of, um, <clears throat> he kind of pitched the idea that it's just going to be me and it's going to be all my characters, the most popular characters. And then he sent me to task and it was months of like, pulling my hair out, not sleeping, worrying, plotting, all that kind of stuff, and finally kind of curated a 18-minute show. Nice, nice. Uh, and your publicity mentions, obviously, that the show No Stone's going to be unturned in your, your quest to poke fun at New Zealanders. Um, yes. So, yeah, tell me about the show. How have you built it? Is it very sort of sketch-driven? I guess if it's just you, yeah, it's, it's just a one-man show, right? It's just a solo show. Well, I've got these two massive screens. So I've got these two massive, they look like um, cell phone screens on the stage behind me. And I'm going to be, like the characters that kind of look like me, I'm going to be running around throwing on cheap nylon wigs and cutting <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm going to be interacting with the characters on the big screen. And it's 
I'm kind of likening it to like the Marvel movie. Here I am likening myself to Marvel movies, but it's like a multiverse kind of stuff. So there are storylines where they all kind of culminate into one um, one thrilling end, I guess you could say. Nice. So they do come together. Yeah, a bit of a thread. So you can almost interact with different versions of the different things that you do, right? So you could have, you know, you're your Paula Bennett or Simon Bridges on the screen, but you might be Boomer Dead on stage kind of thing. That's right. Having a having a good old yarn, absolutely. <laughs> and so there is the yeah. So I guess there are a, a, a few kind of sketchy vibe to it, but it all kind of comes together at the end. Nice. That's awesome. And obviously, you know, you're you're famous for taking the Mickey out of, of politicians like Paula Bennett, Simon Bridges, both of whom have now left Parliament. Do you sort of keep your eyes on what's going on in Parliament today? If any, anyone that might sort of take your eyes, someone you'd like to parody. Yeah, well, I did Grant Robertson the other day, and that kind of one went quite well. I, I, I've got a soft spot for Grant, and so it's, it's basically him and Christopher Luxon are my two now that I keep an eye on. Um, Chris Hipkins was also quite an interesting one because he was so prominent during the um, COVID relief. But I just really love, um, in my mind, like a national conference involves lots of those kind of um, metal coffee pots, plungers. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Those big ones on the table. And then there's like just a per- perfectly a grid of perfect ceram- like cheap white ceramic um, coffee cups on top of a saucer. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just... Because Paula Bennett had um, paninis and bowl lattes. I've kind of jumped on Chris Luxon always having club sandwiches <laughs> and those coffees and those on those perfect grids of, cu- of coffee cups. Nice, nice. <laughs> And yeah, I mentioned just then, obviously, Boomer Dad, that's something that a series of videos you've kind of done over the last few months. How much fun do you have with that? I mean, so it's so, it's so relatable, right? I think a lot of people will relate to what they see in those videos. Yes. Um, I'm kind of like, when I listen back to it, I'm like, there's definitely elements of my dad in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, hopefully my dad doesn't know. But then I got this follower, <laughs> his name's Ross, Ross Sainsbury. I got this follow-up and he follows one person and it's Tom Sainsbury. <laughs> but he's, he's chosen like his profile picture. He's chosen this kind of weird Russian woman in a kind of a tracksuit. And I don't know where he, he just, I don't know where he got it. And then he's sent me a message months after doing it saying, I've just watched all the Boomer Dad videos. I tensed. And he was like, I love it. And he didn't kind of correlate that it was him really. <laughs> Bless. That's that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you've got, you've got over sixty thousand followers on Instagram, including Ross Sainsbury. Um, that, I mean, that's more than the entire population of some of the places that you're going to be going to on this tour. And um, as you as your following has grown, has that had any effect on the kind of content that you've been creating? Um, not completely. Like I know exactly what you mean. Like I, I think there's just a case of like. Um, my whim is just to follow what I'm kind of interested in. But when something like Boomer Dad does really well, I'm like, okay, is there more that I can kind of wring out of him? Um, or is, and, and then I spend more time probably thinking about the characters that are popular than I probably would have with my own tastes. So mm-hmm. I think that's it's following the trends and the popular ones, I think. Nice. Yeah, that's it, right? And I mean, you I guess you don't want to go too niche, potentially. <laughs> no. But... <laughs> Also, sometimes the niche ones are the ones that do well and the popular ones are like, nah. Yeah, it's cra- crazy to predict, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> and now, obviously, you're touring to venues like the Opera House here and, and the Isaac Theatre Royal, Theatre Royal in Christchurch, the, the Kitty Takanoa Theatre in Auckland. These are huge, huge venues. Is this a real pinch-me career highlight for you to be to be playing these venues with your very own show? I think like none of this, this kind of hits me until I'm backstage. People are sitting down. And I'm like, oh, my God, these guys are relying on me. I've got to pull yourself together, Sainsbury. You've got to entertain them for an hour and a half. And that is when it hits. Like, at the moment now, it's just kind of desperately trying to get a good show together. Um, so I'll be pinching myself, pinching myself with both, like, this is amazing, but also self-punishment before I go on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and who's been working on the show with you? Have you got a whole sort of director team behind you? I've got one wonderful director called Holly and she um, sh- she is a Christchurch so it's a, a Christchurch based um, production so Holly's looking after after me um, in terms of the content and then I'm going to have two tech guys Peter and Paul who um, <laughs> are going to be travelling with me and it's just the th- Peter, Paul and Tom are the three of us going to be travelling around the country with a huge van thankfully I get a hire car <laughs> it's just going to be three of us it's, it's tiny yeah that's amazing all around the country, yeah, all to these massive venues. 
Yeah. And what's what's your greatest hope at this stage for the show? I mean, what do you hope audiences leave feeling? Is there a message to the show or is it just purely like, let's just have a fun night and escapism and have a laugh? Good question. I think it's just like consciousness of other people, I think, is what I... Like, if there was a, there was a moral, like, I'm, I've tried to go for the most kind of... Um, most Kiwi of characters and they only they have their own kind of journey and stuff. And I'm just like, I want people to reconsider the people that you might see at the bank or, you know, at the school, at the, at the playground or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's highlighting the beauty of people. Fingers nice. crossed. Yeah. The beauty of New Zealanders, the beauty of the everyday person. Yeah. It's a great, a great aim. And we'll look forward to, uh, to seeing, uh, the show. Tom Sainsbury, Snapchat, Snapchat dude live. It's at the Opera House tomorrow night, 7.30. Get your tickets now from Ticketmaster. And if you're up on the Kapiti coast, you can also go local to Parapara Umu, uh, to Tarakura Kikapiti Coastlands Theatre on Thursday. There's tickets for that through Event Finder. Tom, thank you so much for your time and, uh, break a leg for opening night. Can we see you on our screens or stages any other time? Uh, in the rest of 2022? Um, so give us a clue, which I did with the wonderful Paula Bennett and Hilary Barry. That will be out soon. Don't have the exact dates. And there's a couple more episodes of a show I did called Snack Masters as well. Oh, yes, yes. I, I, I have been told by my dad I need to watch that, so I'll check that out on TVNZ oh, On Demand. <laughs> Tom, thank you so much and break a leg for the tour. Thank you so much. Waking in the night time, feeling alone But nobody noticed Wrapped up in sheets, but half of them are cold I moved my bed so the sun couldn't reach it
That is Weary Donna with Being Alone. You are listening to 106.1 FM, Wellington Access Radio. A big thank you there to Tom Sainsbury. Snapchat Dude Live is at the Opera House tomorrow night. Now over at Circa Theatre, Cringeworthy brings a slice of Kiwi Ana in the 80s to Circa Theatre right now. It's a brand new show. Andrea Sanders has devised and directed this show. It's all about the 80s in Aotearoa with Matt Mulholland, Susie Dunn and Devon Neiman joining three of our finest triple threats. Now, Andrea, Susie and Devon join me now. Uh, welcome to Excess Radio, team. Hey, thank Hello. you so much for having us. Thank it's so exciting. <laughs> now, now, Andrea, this this show in many ways is a is, a, is it a follow-up or a continuation on from, from Cringeworthy the 70s, right, which played at circa a year or two ago? Yeah, it's a sequel, so it's the next decade, um, and it's very exciting. Um, I think, in a way, the 80s show is a little bit more accessible than the 70s. A lot of the songs that we perform in this show are still played on the radio and everywhere, you know, in supermarkets or whatever today, whereas the 70s stuff was definitely, you had to be there to kind of know some of the stuff. Nice. And how long after finishing up with that show, or was it even when you were rehearsing that show that you sort of thought, hey, if this if this hits, this is something we should do with the 80s? Well, um, so we're doing it with this show as well. It's quite funny. We had a line in the 70s show where at the end of the show we said, um, and what came after the 70s? And the audience went, the 80s. And we said, <laughs> yes, but that's the next show. And they just cheered and screamed. And so we went, okay, let's do that. And we're doing that now with the 90s. At the end of the current show we're saying what came after the 80s and they say the 90s and we go yes but that's the next show and they yeah so that was the inspiration yeah nice and uh Susie Devon the 80s am I right in thinking they they aren't a time that that you were around in so when someone mentions the 80s to you what are your first thoughts and impressions um well Devon definitely wasn't around, but I was actually born in the 80s. But there is a bit of a joke in the show where we um, say we're not born in the 80s, but I totally was born in the 80s. Can't remember a lot, but um, I mean, I know all the songs and I love all the songs and I'm just obsessed with the whole era because it was just just so larger than life and ridiculous and amazing. So... Yeah, it's um, it resonates a lot with me, and I think the audiences just really, really love being taken back to that time because I think it was a more simple time, for sure, and a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, as for me, um, yes, I was born in 1999, so a bit far away from the 80s. But um, as Andrea was saying, I think it's really hard to not know most of these songs because they're still played on the radio and just everyone knows them. So. I kind of grew up with my parents playing the sort of songs like uh, Culture Club and and stuff like that, Split Ends. So it is really hard to not know these songs at the age that I am now. So I feel pretty cool to be able to kind of explore the the eighties while not being while not having experienced the eighties, <laughs> not being born, <laughs> not being born. <laughs> Well, that's it. I mean, I was born in the 90s as well, but I just feel like I know so much about the 80s. It just feels like it was this iconic decade, right? You've got all, just whichever way you look at it, right? From fashion to what was on at the movies to the bands of the time. It's just, it's still everywhere, right? People still, people love it. I feel I feel like the 80s is the new 60s because there's so <laughs> many, well, actually, it's funny I should say that because a lot of the big hits in the 80s were covers of songs from the 60s, like Set Me Free, Keep Me Hanging On, Tainted Love, um, so many songs, um, Can't Hurry Love with Phil Collins. And it sort of has a similar energy, you know, it's upbeat, it's fun, it's quirky, and obviously the fashion was crazier in the 80s, though. <laughs> and Andrea, how much do you enjoy sort of taking people on a nostalgia trip or sort of researching or reminding people through the show of the events of the time and the songs people were loving back then? I love it so much. And one of the main things, which I'm sure the other cast members will say as well, is just when you get on stage and you see people having a really good time. And so quite, it's it's a sit down, it's a theatre show. So people are are seated, but you see them in the back row standing up and dancing. (laughs) And 
you know, people have come along with fluoro gear on and it's just really nice to be able to, especially right now with coming back into orange and we've had the whole COVID thing going on. It's nice to give people a release and joy and happiness and the music. And I have to say the um, other three singers in the show are fantastic to sing with. So there's lots of harmonies and good vibes, basically. Nice. And I guess this is for all of you, but Susie and Devon, what are, what are sort of some of your favourite parts of the show or your favourite number to perform in? Um, I think for me, it's, I love seeing everyone's reactions. Like everyone reacts differently to different things every single night. So it's really, really awesome as a cast to be able to kind of play off the audience and change it up a little bit. And we have a good time on stage and everyone's having a good time watching. So I think that makes it really, really special. And yeah, nothing beats what we wear. The 80s outfits, <laughs> the, the fluoro and everything. It's, it's kind of everything that I've dreamed of. Well, being a 90s kid kind of you know it's just awesome I just love it. it's a great time I think um for me I mean it's really really hard to choose a favorite song from this show because Andrea I don't know how Andrea did it but she has chosen such fantastic material for the show and but we have a lot of fun um in act two we do like this sort of Brit pop because the first act is all Kiwi music in the 80s, which is amazing. But in the second half, we do this mega medley of all these amazing um, Britpop kind of 80s songs. And the crowd just actually go a little bit wild, like especially our weekend crowds. <laughs> they just, they love, they really, really get into it. And so, you know, we really get a buzz out of that as well. They get Rick rolled basically, and a bit of wham, um, wake me up before you go, go. And it's, yeah. The first Cringeworthy um, was just entirely New Zealand music, but with this one, with the 80s, I felt that we would be cheating the audience to a certain extent if we didn't include some of the massive international hits, you know, that, mm. that came here. And so that's that's proved to be um, true, and the, the audience loves them, they sing along. Nice. Yeah. You've not, have you had any audiences come along in 80s attire? Is that encouraged? Yeah. Yeah, quite yes. a few. We all say that. She's had a bit of fa- a few family members, um, even children coming along in fluoro, fluoro outfits and leg warmers. And, yeah. That's awesome. No, they're definitely relations. <laughs> and Andrew, obviously, it's, you know, you've got, you've got Devin, you've got um, Susan, you've got Matt with you in this show. What, what were you looking for um, in, your, in the rest of your cast for this show? Because, you, you, you know, you, you, through the Beat Girls and through previous shows that you've done, you've worked with a lot of talent over the years, right? Yeah. So I, um, I didn't know any of the cast members before I started rehearsing with them. They came highly recommended through various people that I trusted. And there was or has been an instant connection from day one when we started rehearsing. Just, we laughed a lot. We sounded, I mean, I'm just, (laughs) I don't want to sound conceited, but we sounded really great singing together and there was just a lot of chemistry. And I mean, if I think back, I haven't even known them since for a whole year, like, because the first show was, um, we started rehearsing October last year for Centrepoint. so just chemistry and fun and, you know, chemistry, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. And I guess as sort of a final thought, what do you, what do you hope audiences attending this show take away, really? Just a real, a real night of es- escapism, just a real fun sort of return to the theatre? We had a really lovely email from someone that was sent to us through Circa Theatre today that said, thank you so much. I'm not sure what... They said after a terrible, a harrowing week, I'm not sure why it was harrowing, we just had such a good night out. Thank you so much for the music, the the light happiness of the show. I'm going to tell all my friends. And that's really, I think we just aim to make people feel happy and us in the process as well. Nice. Well, I'm very, very excited to see this show. And if uh, if you haven't seen the big billboards all around town, you need to get along to Circa Theatre in the next few weeks. I was going to finish by asking if you're going to continue and do a cringeworthy 90s, but you've already answered that, so we'll keep our fingers crossed and eyes peeled for that in the future. And also potentially the 60s as well, so oh. watch out. 60s and 90s. Now, that, yeah, that, <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, 
But for now, cringeworthy the 80s. It's on in Circa 1 until the 11th of June, so you've got two weeks, so do not delay because those weekend shows in particular are almost sold out. So go along tomorrow night, Wednesday, Thursday, this week and next, and don't miss out. You'll have a fantastic time. Andrea, Devon, Susie, thank you so much for your time and break a leg for the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. All right. And um, I'm very excited. I've got a recording from the show, uh, Montego Bay, to play uh, to you now. The other side of this, we're going to be chatting to Lawton Cora about All You Need Is Love, which is at the Opera House with Orchestra Wellington this Thursday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. will be in her hands and just to the driving and I'm on my way in soul on the right side of Montego Bay sing out Right, that's Montego Bay from Cringeworthy, the 80s. Now here on Access Radio, here is Lawton Cora talking All You Need Is Love. Now, New Zealand's love affair with the Beatles has lasted over six decades, from screaming teens in the 60s right through to six-figure album sales uh, today. Beatles songs have been a soundtrack to several generations, an anthem to youth and beyond. Beatlemania really has never left since it first hit. Now, combining the extraordinary talents of Orchestra Wellington with the amazing voices of the likes of Annie Crummer and Lawson Cora, plus a stonking rhythm section, All You Need Is Love is this Thursday at the Opera House. Uh, and Lawton joins me now. Lawton, welcome back to Access Radio. Yo, how are you? Kia ora. Kia ora. Um, now, Lawton, you've been involved in, in several concert series like this in recent years. Uh, how much do you enjoy rehearsing and then performing these classic works sort of live in concert? Yeah, well, definitely, you know, the idea is the cool thing. So you want to be there, you want to hang out with the crew. They're always like high-level players and performers and the, and the production team as well. But it's always nerve-wracking going into rehearsals. You're trying to take on, like, especially those guys, what, four decades? Something crazy. Uh, So you're trying to hold on to all that music with integrity as well. And the rehearsal periods are quite short. So, yeah, um, it it, it can be stressful, but at the same time when you're playing them in front of an audience, yeah, that's the stuff. That's next level. Yeah, yeah, something special. And I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you mentioned yeah. that the Beatles were around for so long. How do you even begin to to select the the tracks that you guys are going to be playing? What, what what can we expect from the show? Yeah, thankfully it's not me. Um, <laughs> it, it's Tom Rainey, uh, who's the conductor and also did the arrangements uh, for for the Beatles, and he's fantastic, man. But I think there's quite a few songs in there. It's going to be a two hour show. Mm-hmm. And even then, when we're going through the song list, we're like, "Oh, really? We're not going to play that one?" And we're like, "Totally!" And I'm like, "Wow!" <laughs> you know. So they wrote such an amazing catalogue of songs. Not many other bands can do that. Well, that's it, right? You can, uh, yeah. You can just pick an album if yeah. you want and just play the whole album, and it'll still be full of full of bangers, right? Yeah, I've been in shows where they've done that. They've just gone for the album, like Elton John, which is the album. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, that stuff like that. It's the easiest way. Uh, some fans get <laughs> get annoyed if they don't have their song on there. We're just like, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, you're going to see a really good journey as well. That's what I love about Tom's work. You'll see a journey of those songs for the set list, you know, like a time machine. It's mm-hmm. going to be cool. Nice. And obviously in every city that you go to, including here, you're going to have a, an orchestra or a philharmonic orchestra with you, right? So you've got Orchestra Wellington playing alongside you. I mean, how much of a difference does that make? I mean, the sound's going to be incredible, right? Yeah, totally. And playing in those venues as well is another thing. Just the sound, since you turn up, just the so overwhelming. And it's going to be cool. That's about it. <laughs> it's going to be real cool, man. It's going to be a jam and a half, you know. Nice, nice, yeah. Um, now, when did you sort of first hear or become a fan of the Beatles, right? Because, I mean, everyone's got their Beatles stories, right? Right, so really late. Really late, like four years ago late. Wow. Yeah, and I started going into production, mostly like 
okay, what are the techniques on miking? And you hear like Led Zeppelin, John Bonham recorded there his drums in a castle stone, so they had that real massive weird sound. Mm-hmm. So I went down that rabbit hole, all producers do, and ended up with the Beatles. And I was just like, how did I miss? Like there's moments I'm like, how did I miss all this? Uh, and then just going into songwriting and arrangements like Lennon and McCartney, just just gorgeous, man. You know, and then watching them go through their whole uh, East Asian, Southern Asian vibe as well. Nice. Yeah, and then, yeah, just cranking out all these timeless hits. So late for me, man. Yeah, a lot of people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, their recording techniques were incredible. Great yeah. techniques. So I've watched the movie from Peter Jackson, um, and that was beautifully shot and just really annoying to watch John turn up late to all these rehearsals <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this is a bit too real man <laughs> that's it right that's, yeah, that's, so, yeah. it's over two weeks that film yeah. right and they just somehow managed to crack out all these tracks yeah and you're sitting there and you're like you know what the line's going to be and they're still trying to work it out you're like man this is crazy cool yeah, yeah. There's definite magic in that in that whole film. If you, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a big watch, but it's cool to just sort of have on in the background, right? And then you sort of like almost hanging out with them, right? Yeah, it was, that that thing that, it was humbling. Yeah. You know, the moments you just sat in with them, you're like, "Fuck, this is well done, Peter Jackson." <laughs> yeah, well, it could have gone really Hollywood, you know. Mm, for sure, for sure. That would um, lame. That would lame. And and for you, which for you as a, as, a, as an artist, which, which which songs that you're going to be performing have been the ones that have really excited you, or, or at the same time been the ones that have really challenged you to get to grips with? Come together. Mm. Looking forward to doing that one. Yeah, really a lot. I mean, that's kind of my vibe as well. Just that real heavy backbeat, uh, and the not challenging, but just because it's so the delivery is really specific. It's, it can't be just any old delivery as. Uh, Love, love me, do. Right. Nice. Yeah, it's quite energetic and forward. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So popping forward like love. Yeah. Just come together in the back. You know, you can really sit backwards yeah. on the beat. So that's my normal way of performing and playing is on the back beat. So mm-hmm. yeah, I want to do some justice to these songs too. You know, so get that right. For sure. Get the feel right. Yeah. And and who else is joining you on on the tour? I know we've got uh, yeah Annie Crummers coming along, right? I mean, how how cool is it to 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 be with her? She's a pro, man. You know, she's been doing this for, for a while, and she's constantly a pro, prepared. Really hits a bum note, you know, and like her performance value. You know, she's really good with the audience. She's a great communicator, so you know, making it a great performance along with good songs. Uh, got a hot band as well. You got to have a good band, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, looking forward to that mashing up as well. I've been interested in that world where bands meet orchestras because you have a sound clash, mm-hmm. you know, because the spectrum of an orchestra is already full. So, you're trying to squeeze a band in there as well. It can be pretty pro- problematic. Uh, some venues can give you that too, just yeah. the how huge it is, the reverb, the slapback. So, you know, those are really interesting gigs we you know love the idea but the work and the mechanics behind it there's a lot of work that goes into it a lot of foresight and it's yeah i think that's what i love the most is the way everybody comes in and a high end from what they do yeah you know, it's great to watch everyone going off that's it. it's almost almost that fusion right of you're amazing orchestra you're an awesome band yeah this is a cool venue yeah. let's, let's make these work together and create something memorable and create something memorable and then you've got like the lighting crew as well they will set moods and, and then of course just the staff that help get that stuff in there yeah you know it's a they're big machines so they're quite nerve-wracking <laughs> <laughs> yeah good machines though dude nice and, and everyone knows all the songs at shows like this right usually um does that bring with it any extra pressure right because they've got their own sort of memories of those songs they know how they think it should sound sometimes and then yeah you guys are yeah. out there doing it well, because I'm a fan too, right? So I go out and watch that sort of stuff as well and I'm waiting for the note, you know. So it's a little bit filtering that of honouring the note. Like those are the money notes. People want to hear that one. So don't mess with that. And maybe you can embellish in somewhere, somewhere else like during a verse or bring your own character on, uh, which is kind of what you want to. You don't want a straight cover band. I'm interested to see everybody's versions and how they sing it 
how the band plays it because you know obviously you're not the Beatles so it's going to come up different so yeah Nice. Well, it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited to to see the show. And I, I mean, having the orchestra and the band and this and the Beatles. I mean, it's quite a it's quite an epic combination. Are you? Can, is this? Can we expect to see you on stage in in Wellington any time after this? Or not at the moment. I mean, there's been so many projects. Like ever, ever <laughs> since we went into Orange, or whatever that means. Um, <laughs> cool, whatever. Uh, but works just opened up, and a, a reflection of that really is pubs and um, restaurants Mm -hmm. you know once they're out then the industry starts humming as well so more than likely man I'll be back down in Wellington nice (laughs) I think I'll be doing rumours with Julia Deans oh wow Tammy yeah so that'll be another discussion then my man yeah 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 well (laughs) yeah 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 for sure man we'll look forward to that I mean it's it's going to be awesome yeah I think there's going to be just more and more announced day now that it's starting to open up and yeah I think people are really excited to get out that's the other thing I noticed. People are happy to go out and be supportive. So, yeah, not bad, this country. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, all you need is love. Orchestra Wellington with Law and Annie Crummer and an awesome band uh, is at the Opera House this Thursday night, 8 o'clock. Tickets have been selling fast, so get to Ticketmaster. Make sure you get yours before they sell out. Uh, Lawton, thank you so much uh, for your time and uh, break a leg for Thursday, eh? Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for the hands. Appreciate your time, too. Lawton Cora there. All you need is love. Thursday night, Orchestra Wellington, Annie Crummer, and a stonking rhythm section celebrating the Fab Four. Uh, final tickets are available for that now on Ticketmaster. But now for something completely different and something that I'm really excited uh, to hear more about. It's fun, it's free for the whole family until the 12th of June. You can head down to the Carter Fountain in Oriental Bay after dark and from a waterfront booth, take a live stream video of your face, which is then produced projected onto the water spray at a monumental scale for all to see and enjoy. Now, designer Amber Strain has used her years of experience to create this interactive fountain work. It's called Into the Light, and Amber joins me on the line now. Kia ora, Amber. Welcome to Access Radio. Oh, thank you, Simon. It's good to be here. Now, when did you first hear about this, this opportunity to create a piece of interactive art at the Carter Fountain? Well, I've been working with um, the Performance Arcade and Sam Trubidge for about four years now. And through that work, I was able to project manage and produce some other artists putting their work onto the Carter Fountain. And about this time last year, uh, Sam said to me that it was my turn to think of an idea for the fountain. And I just thought um, interactive kind of art was the next step to take it to a whole new interesting level that we haven't seen before. Yeah, because, I mean, it has been incredible what the Performance Arcade and others have been able to do with that fountain, right? I mean, I've seen ballerinas, swimmers, all sorts in in that reflection in years gone by. Were you inspired by what you'd seen go before? Yes, absolutely. And I've also found I've learned from what's come before as well, (laughs) what was effective on the fountain and what perhaps could have been improved. Um, My first uh, work with the fountain was um, with the swimmers' um, work with um, Sam's brother and um, the um, model from um, Japan as well and editing their work and really seeing what really comes through on that fountain since it's such a challenging and interesting medium to work with. And how did you land on this idea of of into the light? I mean, obviously you mentioned wanting to do something interactive, but yeah. Yeah, I had been, you know, in the um, band Rotunda with the projector with my laptop plugged in the thought had kind of come across my mind that it would be quite fun to put your own face on it and have this big kind of exhibitionist kind of moment at midnight. And then it really kind of got me thinking of um, who was I to put my own face on it and on reflection, um, thinking about the year that Wellington had had with COVID at that time, I thought it would be a really fun way to give everyone that moment to really see themselves as this um, massive hologram in the water. Nice. And obviously you opened this over the weekend just gone. Have you, were you down there? Have you been sort of watching and observing how the public's been interacting with it? Yes, and the response has been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, every kind of person who stops by is, gets really excited, especially <laughs> children, to use this work. And we're there to um, help facilitate the work, encourage people to use it. You know, they get their attention by seeing the faces on there and then telling them, hey, you can do it too. And People are more than willing, um, nine times out of the ten, to do that. 
Nice. Yeah, that's what you need. You need kids in there because some Kiwis, I reckon, can sometimes be a little bit shy, right, or timid around, oh, I don't want to see my face in massive, but what an awesome opportunity, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And any face is welcome. I think some people would get a bit self-deprivating about putting their own <laughs> face on it, but it's, it's all wonderful and it's really great to see um, people of all ages and um, um, ethnicities, identities, gender orientations all giving a go and really showing um, every face of Wellington. Fantastic. And how technically difficult is it to have a live video play on a fountain like this? Um, it took a little bit of learning. It was a new program for me, but in the end result, it was quite a simple um, design. The cameras we use in the booth are just your simple web cameras that you can get from um, JB Hi-Fi for $60. Really simple stuff. There's a laptop in there too, and it's just uh, essentially a really long HDMI cord to the projector. So in reality, it's actually not that technical, but um, a little bit of... Um, editing and thinking about the timing of the buttons and how they work but um i was really quite happy with how simple the process ended up being nice and you've been working with um sound and interaction designer kate ashworth how's that Mm -hmm. relationship been had you worked together before this and what has she been able to bring to your work yeah so um i've worked with kate through the performance arcade she was my intern then my assistant um in that role and then I've also um, been her tutor at Massey University. Um, through Kate's work, she um, designed the shape of the plinth and how that interaction was going to take place, making sure it was a visible, beautiful thing to grab attention. And she also did the wonderful um, sound design that has this really ethereal kind of spooky quality that really, I think, adds to the atmosphere of these um, unworldly um, faces on the water. Nice. And even in the rain we've had today, the installation can still mm. continue, right? It's, so it's all about, the, it's the wind that can throw it, right? Throw it right. Yes, that's correct. Um, unfortunately, we are scheduled for some high wind tonight, so it will be postponed until tomorrow, but it will continue in the rain. Um, in those 19 kilometre per hour northerly winds, it, the image gets a bit blurred and a bit clipped, and you won't really be able to see anything except for a lush up bit of um, sea spray so on those calmer nights do come down (laughs) well fingers crossed the weather does allow this to play as many nights as possible it's there until um the 12th of june and and i mean a piece of work like this a projection like this it it can't operate right without lots of support in the background and i know that um this is the trust power projection they've been a key part of this right um how important have they been for this and also through the performance arcade Trustpower have been wonderful. I think this is the um, fourth or fifth year of the partnership, so we're really grateful for having them in the arcade to realise um, ambitious works like this, and we're really wanting to really celebrate that relationship through this work as well. Um, other key partners that we can mention is the City Council as well, helping us um, change their fountain and use it in this way and really being on board with us um, putting art on the fountain and really hijacking the kind of oriental bay view for that short period. Nice. And so, w- one sort of silver lining really, isn't it, out of out of the COVID restrictions is that you get more you get more time now, right? It gets dark a lot earlier than it would have done in February. Yes, absolutely. And um, from my previous years with the works, we really didn't have that many children able to stay up to the 9pm for when it was dark enough to see the work. And it's really change the identity of the work and the interaction of work, being able to have those families come down and experience it in those earlier hours. That's it. Well, there's more and more people now um, in Wellington City, I'm noticing. So, you know, finish your working day, get down to the waterfront, uh, take the whole family. And uh, yeah, what an incredible experience. And I can't wait to get down there this week, um, weather pending, hopefully, and and check it out for myself. Into the Light, uh, it's on until the 12th of June at the Carter Fountain Durham on Oriental. Amber, congratulations on the work and uh, yeah, all the best for the next few weeks. Thank you so much, Simon. All right, we are almost out of time uh, for tonight's show, but in just a few minutes, we'll do a quick skim around everything that we haven't discussed tonight that's on on our stages this week. But first, here's some brand new music from Drex Project with Mad At You. You made me crazy, I swear to God Tearing my hair out when we don't get along You say you hate me, I say I'm done 
But it's a lie, cause I never really want you to go No, I can't think of feeling in the scene When you pull me back, it's so damn easy Honey, you're doing something to me I just wanna fight, hard as I try, baby I can't stay mad at you, one look in your eyes, I realize, you got away with me, too. I can't stay mad, no I can't stay mad at you, one look in your eyes, I realize, you got away with me, too. Think about it till I look at you Then lose my way Lose my train of thought Cause look at you on my bed Hair's a mess Looks so fine No, why was I even at it all? No, I can't believe in in the scene yeah. When you pull me back It's so damn easy Honey, you do something to me Just wanna fight How does I try? Baby, I can't stay mad at you One look in your eyes I realize You got away with me I can't stay mad No, I can't stay mad at you One look in your eyes I realize You got away with me That is Drex Project with Mad at You. You are listening to 106.1 FM, Wellington Excess Radio. The time is 11 minutes to 6. We've got just a couple of minutes left before the gig guide for this week. Uh, but before we head to that, let's uh, quickly wrap up everything else on this week. You've heard tonight from Tom Sainsbury about Snapchat Dude Live at the Opera House tomorrow. You've heard about Cringeworthy, the 80s in Circa 1 this week and next. You've heard um, from Lawson Cora, All You Need Is Love with Orchestra Wellington, Annie Crummer and more on Thursday at the Opera House. And you've heard about Into the Light just then. If you've missed any of the earlier interviews, the podcast for tonight will be on accessradio.org.nz from tomorrow afternoon. Just head under um, Community Drive. But also this week, it is the Queer Arts Festival. um, And we had um, the cast um, and crew of Too Much Hair, one of the central uh, shows in this year's inaugural Queer Arts Festival um, on the show last week. So do check out the podcast for last Monday, the 23rd of May, to hear from Anya Upstill and Will Dwignan. Uh, that's on until Friday in Bats Dome space. But there is the opening gala at 2.57 tonight and also some um, standout shows this week include the LOL GBTQ plus comedy showcase at Eva Beaver tomorrow at 7 o'clock and the open stage improv showcase at 2.57 tomorrow at 6 o'clock. There's also QT's crooning QT's drag lounge singing at the QT Wellington tomorrow at 5. Queer fan mail, letters to our idols at Ivy Bar also on Wednesday and much more. Over at Bats Theatre as well as Too Much Hair which um, I went to see this week in Last week and can definitely vouch it's a such a fantastic uh, show. It's a new musical cabaret all about gender euphoria and it stars Anya and Will as well as Jathan Morgan and Felix Crossley Pritchard. Um, do check that out, uh, one of its final five performances. Um, downstairs in the stage, Hysterical by Kerry Rudzinski and Olivia Hall. They return 
as part of their nationwide tour, um, reuniting after the success of their previous show at Bats How We Survive. They are award-winning and celebrated poets and performers. Hall has a master's in gender studies. Um, Rodzinski is a published author and teaching artist. And hysterical intertwines social issues and personal stories to create a performance that is both confronting and accessible, powerful and needed. Uh, it has, in the last hour, completely sold out its remaining seats four nights uh, from tomorrow until uh, set- Friday. Friday's the last show on 6.30. Um, also sold out on Saturday at 7.30 in the studio is Fresh Off the Page by Proudly Asian Theatre. Contemporary Asian plays hot off the press performed in a series of free play readings by Punicky-based artists. Uh, well worth checking out. And as part of the re-Fringe, Fringe's Best in Fest, backed by popular demand, presenting the Tifas is in Circa 2 from Saturday for one week only. Uh, And it was such a huge um, energy, full of fun uh, at Bats and the Roxy in the original Fringe. So go and see Jathan, Slay West, Rauretti, Ormond and their support from Cree Matthews, Joe Mara and Hayden Taylor. You'll have a fantastic night at that one, I guarantee. As you will, anything that you've heard tonight, but that is all uh, we've had we've got time for um girls and boys is one thing i've missed out before we leave you by, by dennis kelly red scare theater's first show of 2022 that's at the sustainability trust on forester's lane from tomorrow until sunday with no show on thursday there are just a few tickets left for that solo show by sabrina martin Again, that was on last week's show, so check out that interview. Um, Akashwani is on the way next. I will be back next Monday, Queen's birthday weekend, with the star of the Wedding Singer musical coming from Australia and the director of Lomas Festival. Uh, But for now, have a fantastic week. We'll see you next Monday. Thanks for tuning in to Community Zone. We're here Monday to Friday from 5 to 6 on 106.1 FM. Thanks, New Zealand On Air. That programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding accessmedia.nz.